Welcome to Beyond the Balance Sheet, the podcast that helps advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families understand the complexities of issues related to our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Our co-hosts, Arden O'Connor and Diana Clark, will interview a series of guests on a range of topics, providing informative content and practical tools for professionals and families to consider. Here are your hosts, Arden and Diana. Hi, and welcome to an episode of Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. Today's guest is Ava Vaten, the co-founder of Brave Motion, a third-generation family business owner, board member, and advisor. She has the Advanced Certificate of Family Business Advising from the Family Firm Institute. She is a certified executive coach, acts as a mediator, and steps into places that many people don't like to go to, which is the intersection of family and family business. She holds a couple of master's degrees, one from one in applied psychology and the other as a business administration. So welcome, Ava. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Diana. It's a pleasure to be with you today. I'm honored. Nice. So I perused your website and a few of the articles that you have co-authored or at least sponsored. And one of the things that I loved in your website was the expression of crazy about organizational culture. Tell us why and why you were brave enough to put that on your website, because I loved it. Well, uh, thank you for asking that. I, I really think that it all falls or it all thrives with uh, with the culture because there is this saying that culture eats a strategy for breakfast. And uh, that's why me and my, my co-partner, Duya, uh, who founded the company with me in 2018, we thought that whatever we can do to, to make the culture thrive will at the end of the, day, end of the day also boost the performance of the company. And uh, we see the gap of these two so many times because uh, for us, culture is, is anything that you know, what we do when we believe that nobody's watching. And many times we probably say things uh, uh, that are different from what we do in practice. So we think it's just so exciting with culture. It all falls, so it all thrives with it. That's how we see it. So can you give me an example as a neophyte in looking at organizational culture? I looked at family systems. I've looked at other kinds of systems. But when we're talking about a family business culture, what what would you have said would have looked like a healthy family business culture and what would have needed some help? Okay, in, in order to answer that, I, I think I have to explain the framework we are using. We are using a Denison uh, consulting framework, which is basically based on four different, uh, four different aspects. The first, first of all is the direction, the mission of the company, uh, how clear that is uh, for all the owners or, or not, how, how clear it's not. And then it's all about the consistency. What are the structures, the processes, the policies, the values that we have in place? 
third, third element is involvement. Uh, how do we get people excited? How do we uh, get them to work together? What kind of roles are defined? Uh, how do we cooperate uh, together? And, and then the fourth element is all about the external focus. It's all about customers, our partners, the people we work with. And if you use these four dimensions and, and look at the family businesses, uh, well, it can be uh, it can be gaps or it can be good things in in, in any of these elements. So uh, I usually take an example that if you look at the normal startup, yeah, they usually have a very strong external focus on customers. They have a very strong uh, growth mission. They really want to. Yeah, they want to grow rapidly, and uh, but probably there is a less uh, um, uh, less focus on structures, processes, uh, or the roles of the people are not as well defined. But then, when you look at the family businesses, uh, it might be vice versa. So it might be that there is too much internal focus. There is not that much eagerness probably to grow. Uh, the roles are very stagnant or, or they are on top of each other. So, so the challenges are very different from, from startups. And uh, what I very often find uh, with Toya in the family businesses that we work with, that the readiness for change uh, might be lacking. Uh, because the traditions and norms and, and the legacy that we that they want to keep up with uh, is probably uh, putting a little bit of break to the performance of the family business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you're called in in a hypothetical situation, what techniques and tools do you use to help businesses uncover all of the those things that you mentioned those domains how do you what are the tools and techniques you use uh the tools are so many but uh first of all we uh, most of our cli clients are in fact family businesses uh, because of our backgrounds it's it's an uh uh how would you say it's an arena that we find uh, easy to work with it's a challenging arena because uh, family business, it's, it's a lot of uh, emotions in, involved as well. But the tools that we typically look at uh, in the very beginning is, well, whatever material is, is available, uh, the strategy, the articles, the family history. Uh, uh, and then we also almost always we try to use a genogram, a kind of a family tree or, of the whole business. Uh, or, uh, going at least three generations behind. Uh, we always do interviews with key people. Uh, we can also do interviews with focus groups. Uh, we can also use ethnography, uh, doing observations. We could be sitting in the boardroom and just like a fly on the wall, just watching what is exactly happening. What are people saying? And what are they actually uh, showing in their body language? So it's pretty interesting. You you get a lot of information just by being there in the in the background and just by doing desk research. And um, yeah, <laughs> being what the proverbial fly on the wall, so to speak, really learning yes. about 
You're learning both, I would imagine, in this information gathering, a lot about the family separate from the business and the family business and where they kind of intersect, right? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And usually the intersections are the hardest one, especially if you... You, you know, there is this uh, uh, very famous framework of three circles where family, business and, and ownership collide. And uh, if the family is fairly small, uh, it's very typical that the roles of owners, the role of a business uh, CEO and the role of a family head can be, can be uh, you know, it's, it can be the same person. So we usually say that it's, it's, kind of three hats on top of each other it can and that can make it quite challenging for the for the governance of the whole family business how are you uh, how are you dealing with your family and and what is the role you are taking in the boardroom for example it's uh, and that is exactly the work we do trying to make these people to understand that the way they operate in different arenas, uh, it has to be different also. Well, it has to be different when they operate in different arenas. So I can imagine that each role has that different hat. And I can almost see people saying, okay, I'm putting on my mother hat now, not my business hat. And my mother hat Mm. has to say blank, whereas my business hat would say blank. I can Mm. see that happening and being difficult to navigate. Exactly so. And and uh, and I suppose that is exactly that uh, provides most of the conflicts as well, if there are conflicts to 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 cover, because uh, uh, there is another framework that is often referred to. It's it's all about how to deal with love, how to how to deal with money, and how to deal with power. You know, every all the children they want to be loved by their parents. And especially in family businesses, uh, there can be a tension who to who who should be taking the business forward. So who gets the power? How is the power going to be divided uh, among the siblings? And thirdly, uh, the money. I mean, if not all the family members are working in the business and some are, um, what is their uh, right for dividends and and uh, these are very very interesting talks when you when you get to get to do them with uh, family business owners i can imagine it gets very sticky so one of the things i noticed on your website also was the use of bowen's triangle system bowen family systems work can you talk to us a little bit about how triangles can work in a family business system or when would we use sort of a family systems model of encouraging direct speak as opposed to bringing in that third person? Does that come up a lot? Well, uh, the triangle comes especially with us or it. there is a risk that when we go in as a consultant or go in as a uh, go in as a coach, uh, a group coach or a team coach that uh, the conversation, there is usually a discussion deficit of some kind and that there is a risk that 
instead of talking directly, uh, there is a triangling process where people start talking through us instead. But we are very aware of that. And, and uh, like last week, we had an evening session with a bigger family. And, and every time we meet, we, we kind of sense that there is some tension in the room and, and there is an, an, a slight eagerness to, to get the conversation going through us instead of talking to uh, another family member who's just be- sitting beside you. So in that, in that sense, triangling especially, uh, is, it's something that we need to be very, uh, very careful about when we go in as consultants and, and coaches. And it's very typical. It's much easier to talk to a stranger than talk to your family colleague. It's true, isn't it? Can you take us through an example where you were retained and you went through your process and attained the the goal at the end? What sort of what would have been the goal and how did you get there? Well, first of all, our assignments are very different from each other. And it's not always that they are, there is a conflict. Uh, I could take an example, for example, um, an example of a family with uh, some hundred owners. It, it's a very uh, big family. Uh, and what they had done already uh, within the family was that they had defined uh, their vision, owner's vision for the family and for the business. Uh, But what they wanted us to do was to uh, initiate further discussions on how this vision was understood by all of the family members. So the idea was to empower as many family members as possible uh, in a family meeting. And uh, the time we, uh, we we were given was fairly scarce. I think it was one evening and it was 100 uh, participants. But we managed to do it, and uh, so it was a it was a facilitate a facilitation process the the whole evening. But it was it was very successful, and people felt that they could uh, they they got their sense of understanding. Uh, there was some unity, and and people were very happy that they were given this opportunity to to continue the, the discussions. And it went so well uh, that one year later, this is typical also, we don't have many clients in numbers, but the numbers come in the, in the duration of the processes. So uh, we were called back after one year uh, and then the same family, they wanted to uh, understand what exactly was the purpose of their business. And this is really a long lasting business. So this was very, very interesting. And uh, you were asking about the tools earlier. So we used the genogram, we used uh, the family history. And what we did was a time travel from from the uh, year the company was founded, which which was in uh, uh, 19th century. I think it was 18, something 1850 or something. We did a time travel from that uh, foundation date to, to this date and also try to realize that what is the legacy that uh, today's generation wants to bring forward. So we kind of found the why for the family business. And this was exactly uh, during a period when COVID hit the world. 
So it was in the beginning of 2020 and it was a lot of workshops and we had to turn these all into digital mode, which was quite interesting. But uh, we made it a success. Uh, we ran the workshops uh, in a digital mode. I think it was five, six workshops. And then the last workshop was for the next gens, the next generation. And uh, they kind of, uh, it was their bolt on the coffin and said that this is it. This, this is a good legacy. This is the why for us as well. This is what we buy in as well. So that was a very, very nice process with a lot of owners. That why, I don't think a lot of businesses ask the why. They ask the how, they ask, the, they talk about their vision of what they want, but maybe the why doesn't get discussed, particularly in family businesses. It is because it's always been. And I think I would imagine that process of uncovering the initial why is really valuable as a legacy for the next gen members as well. Yes, indeed it is. Actually, I think why is fairly important to family businesses. There is a typical question that we always have in the, in the interviews. It's, it's all about what makes you own this together. And it's actually the same way. Why do you own this together? So when you turn the why into what makes, uh, you probably get more uh, concrete answers because then people start thinking, well, with the families united, I can see relatives from, uh, from, you know, from far back or people that I wouldn't go, you know, probably meet in, a, in another setting. So, um, yes, the why is very important. And I think that goes down to the legacy that, that the family business wants to give or all, um, yeah, the legacy that provides the con continuity to the business. Sorry, my English pronunciation is not always correct, but... <laughs> It's all good for me. Mine isn't either, and I grew up here. So <laughs> I don't believe. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. In your bio and in our conversation, we've talked about you are also a member of a business that is family-owned. Correct? Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Very much so. So uh, I'm a third-generation uh, representative uh, in a Finnish family business, which is over 100 years old. Uh, so I'm currently sitting in the board. Uh, I, I've been working, uh, I've had an operative role as well, uh, in the management. I was a chairwoman also at some point of time. And now we have independent, uh, an independent chairman, uh, and also an independent CEO. And, uh, it's slightly exciting for us at the moment because we are having an, um, uh, IPO process going on, so initial public offering. And uh, so the idea is that we are going public, uh, you know, part of the, uh, so we are diluting the family ownership slightly, but this is, so it's historical moments that we are living in our family business, which is, yeah, very exciting. And was that an easy decision for your family business to make? Was it a smooth transition to internal family owned into an IPO? 
Yeah. I probably cannot answer, but because it's still right. going on. So, yeah. It's still so, going so, on. Got it. Yeah, I yeah got it's that. still going on. Right. So, I have to. My lips are sealed. <laughs> lips are sealed. Okay. Yeah. So, what didn't I ask you that you would like our audience to know today about working with people who are members mm-hmm. of a family who have a family business. What would what would be that piece of advice you would like to offer? Well, I'd like to share the findings that I uh, that I actually uh, gathered in my last dissertation in psychology because uh, like Leo Tolstoy is describing in the book Anna Karenina, it's happy families are all alike and every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. And uh, family business, it's all about continuity. Uh, and usually the challenges come in times where, in, in periods when this continuity is challenged. And, and this is ex- uh, very often the succession processes. And what is really valuable for the, for the continuity of the business are the values. So when the owner values are understood the same way, when there has been enough discussion, uh, enough challenging and uh, enough discussion and enough, uh, how do you say, processing of all these values, that is a good sign. Uh, it was something that I proved proved in my work that uh, the the better these values are understood, the better uh, kind of building blocks you have for the continuity of the business and also for the legacy that you want to bring forward. So working on your values is really something that uh, I would strongly, strongly recommend every family business to do. And another thing is that those businesses that are really long lasting, what I found was that there there are some very strong one-to-one relationships kind of gluing uh, the whole thing together. And, And especially if you have a relationship between the previous generation and the next generation, that is a uh, a healthy relationship. That is really a good clue uh, for the continuity of the business. If you don't have that, if if, there, if the attachment is not healthy, uh, it doesn't really matter because you can always, if you are aware of that, you can always, you can get a coach, you can get a mentor, you can get another relative uh, as soon, as long as you realize that you need to build on uh, a relationship with somebody who really supports you, who believes in you, who is there even uh, in the worst of moments. So the values and on individual uh, arena, I would strongly recommend to to have a look that you have a person, you have somebody nearby that you can uh, call at 3 a.m. in the morning when, when everything feels a little bit different than in the daylight. That's lovely. That's lovely. And I know at 3 a.m. it's dark here. And it's at 3 a.m. there, it's been dark for a long time. Is it getting light? <laughs> I hope so. But it's a, this is the darkest moment of the year here in Finland. So. Right. right. I thank you. Well, thank you all for joining us today with 
Ava Vatan, and we had a great conversation about family-owned businesses and the organization and really looking from what I gathered from this was looking at the values, looking at the vision, going back, and not just always keeping forward momentum to pause and really integrate what's been. Is that right? Yes, sounds good. <laughs> you All summarized right. very, very well. Thank you, Diana. Thank you. Thank you. For our listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you would like us on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Balance Sheet, a podcast designed to help advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families solve some of their biggest medical, psychiatric, and emotional challenges. Visit beyondthebalancesheet.com to read more about our guests and resources and sign up for our newsletter.